0: engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it now the end abortion podcast by priests for life hey friends father frank pavone here joining you live thanks for being on praying for america let me know where you're from let me know your prayer prayer intentions we all want to pray for each other as we pray for america important primary night tonight arizona state of washington michigan missouri ohio and of course kansas very very important ballot initiative there the polls are just closing now so i don't know how long it'll take us to get results there but we've been praying and working hard that this first pro-life initiative uh on the ballot since roe is gone uh, will be successful but we shall see. You know, with these ballot initiatives, you know, we always kind of hold your breath because, not because the people aren't pro-life. I, we know from polling after polling that, that Americans don't want unlimited abortion, except that, that, that that's not what they end up voting on if the other side has succeeded in getting into their heads that this is something completely different. So, and that's what happens a lot with these ballot initiatives in many states, uh, uh, of, that as we have seen in the past. But... We're reserving judgment. We will see what happens tonight. I know the people of Kansas, some of you watching now, no doubt, are very strong, strongly pro-life and uh, uh, just um, uh, just really offended. I would be offended if, if I lived there and saw how the uh, pro-abortion people are trying to say that this right to abortion is in their state constitution when nobody's ever discovered that they're before. Isn't it amazing how these things all of a sudden come up out of the blue? Well, a lot of you, both viewers of this program and also our audience uh, beyond this program, have been asking me a lot of key questions subsequent to the Dobbs decision. Can another court decision... Reverse it and bring Roe back? Can they bring Roe back by a law? Uh, what is your mission now as a pro life organization that Roe v. Wade uh, has been reversed? Are people going to not join in on the pro life ever because they think the battle is already won? And on and on it goes with the different kinds of very important questions. I want to just do a rapid fire tonight to kind of bring us up to date post Roe and post Dobbs bring us up to date on the how I've been answering some of these questions. And I just got finished writing a new brochure about the Dobbs case that uh, I will make available to you very soon. It's gone to the printer. And... Um, And I think eventually I'm going to do a book, actually, uh, about this. Uh, So we'll talk more about that. But let's go into prayer. Then I want to answer you and those rapid-fire questions for tonight. And I see uh, your comments coming uh, in uh, now as well. And uh, brothers and sisters, uh, thank you for, uh, for participating in this way. Let's go to the Scriptures. And I want to read Psalm 15 here as we begin our prayers. Lord, who may enter your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy hill, he whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart and has no slander on his tongue, who does his neighbor no wrong and casts no slur on his fellow man, but honors those who fear the Lord. But he who keeps his oath even when it hurts, who lends his money without usury and does not accept a bribe against the innocent, he who does these things shall never be shaken let us pray father may we never be shaken because we are firm in you O god we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven Uh, we uh, are have died and are risen again in christ we know that we have our reward in heaven we know that all things work together for the good of those whom you call according to your plan. We know that we can do all things in Christ who strengthens us. We know these things, Lord, and we rejoice that we have the strength uh, that comes only from you and that no one can take away from us. And we rejoice that our founders had that same strength and that they gave us a country where we could live in peace, security, and with religious freedom. So committed were they to the truth that human beings need to be free from government coercion that they need to be free to live according to their consciences what a glorious truth this country was founded on freedom that was lord we take it so for granted but it was not known in the in the realm of politics and government it was not known until america came and set things right in such a way that unique among nations, it was founded not on geography, not on ethnicity, but on principles of liberty and self-governance and dependence on you. May we not take these things for granted, Lord. May we awaken, recognize the treasure that is ours in America, and work to save this great country from the radical fringe that is trying to destroy it. We ask this through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Now, the Dobbs case as I said, i'm I'm working hard to help people understand this landmark historic decision of the United States Supreme Court. I want to go to the board, the whiteboard here because I want to use an analogy for you that I've been using for a number of people that they've found helpful to understand what has changed now that Roe is reversed. Let me go over there. Let's take a look. I'm no expert in football, but I think this will help under uh, help us understand what has happened. If you look at a football field, and you know you know the teams are trying to respectively score touchdowns on the uh, goal line, and you've got the field divided, of course, uh, with the different yard lines. Okay. Now, if you're going to play football, you're going to play according to the rules of the game. And each team has the whole field to play on. Each team can reach the goal and score. What if there were some wild and crazy, unjust, unfair, ridiculous ruling Okay, from a court that said, okay, you got team A, you got team B. Team B, play according to the normal rules. Team A, You can't go beyond the 40-yard line. You can't go beyond that. You've got to play only here. And by the way, Team B, you've got a zone here where you can go unobstructed to make a touchdown, unobstructed at any time. Now, who in their right mind is going to say that this is a fair way to play football, right? doesn't make any sense. And yet, if you look at the two sides, those that want to protect babies from abortion and those who want to protect abortion from restrictions, this is what Roe v. Wade did. They said that there was a constitutional right to abortion in our Constitution and, therefore, that any state, in fact, that every state had to keep it legal and that any state, in fact, that wanted to make it legal throughout pregnancy could do so. So team, if Team B is the, is the side in favor of abortion, they had the whole field plus automatic an automatic way to score for their side. The other side could not block them, could not stop them. And we who were trying to protect these babies, we kept getting blocked by the court. You can't go there. You can't go there. You can't play even on this part of the field. You can't enact laws protecting these babies prior to viability. This was the ridiculous scenario that we were under. What what the Dobbs case did was to say equal playing field, equal play. Play the whole field, guys. No more restrictions on Team A. No more pre- special privileges for Team B. Both teams now can score. The field is yours. They didn't declare a winner. The court didn't say abortion should be kept legal, nor should did the court say abortion will be illegal. The court said... Play the game. Make your case. You want to protect these babies? You've got strong arguments? Make your case. Persuade your lawmakers. Elect lawmakers who agree with your position. Lobby them. Pass laws. We aren't going to stand in the way. We aren't going to block those laws. You can set the policy on abortion in your state, but also federally, because the court said the people and their elected representatives set the policy. No restrictions, no special favor, neutral. The Constitution, this court said, is neutral on abortion. So I hope that's an analogy that helps. Now, that helps to answer another question. Many people are asking, well, gee, you know, do we have to continue fighting? Do we have to continue supporting pro-life groups? Because after all, isn't the battle won now? Listen a big victory has been won because a roadblock has been taken out of the way to protecting these babies and we're on equal playing field now but what what would what would the teams do in this hypothetical imaginary scenario they wouldn't walk off the field and say okay we don't have to play anymore this is exactly the time and they would say let's get into the game right This is exactly the the situation in which they would say, oh, now we can play. Now we can win. Let's go. And that's where we're at right now in the pro-life movement. Let's go. The court has opened the way to protect these children and to protect their moms and dads and families from the devastation that abortion brings. Let's go. Let's play the game. Because it's way more than a game. It is the most serious stuff there can be. It's a matter of life and death. Let me go back to the chair here and review with you a couple of other questions. Let me put on my ultra-maga hat. You guys have the ultra-maga hat? You know, the other side doesn't know what they're doing. They give us, they give us these great sayings all the time. They're trying to criticize us. They're trying to discourage us. And meanwhile, they're making us uh, uh, have so much fun. Um, my goodness. Okay, very good. Uh, SD Goldstramen, um, hope I'm saying that right. Kansas uh, has it on the ballot, let the people in each state decide. Exactly right. Of course, you see, isn't that interesting in, in terms of the Kansas vote today? And again, the polls just closed uh, 15 minutes ago. We'll, we'll, we don't know when we'll get the results. But he, 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 what, what they're doing in Kansas, the timing, the Kansas vote did not come about because of Dobbs, by the way. That whole process got underway a few years ago before we even knew the Supreme Court had accepted Dobbs. But the timing is amazing because what the pro-abortion people and what the judges on the Supreme Court in Kansas are trying to take away from the people of Kansas is exactly what the, what the justices on the Supreme Court just gave back to the American people. That is the right to decide on this issue. And it's, it's very ironic how uh, hopefully what has happened in Dobbs Uh, And the um, fact that we've got this uh, reaffirmation of the freedom will help people, A, understand, because the the other side is lying in uh, Kansas about, um, oh, this is going to ban all abortions, hopefully to get people who are more moderate on the issue to vote against it. They lie about what it is. Um, but hopefully what has happened with Dobbs will help people realize what the issue really is. Okay. So the second line of questions, you know, again, with, with regard to people uh, asking, well, are people going to be less inclined to get involved in the pro-life movement? You know, the other thing I've been thinking of is, uh, well, wait a second. Besides understanding this football analogy, now's the time to play. Um, people like, the, like a winning team. People love to join a winning team. And, and the sense now is the pro-life movement has even more momentum than ever. And uh, we are, uh, even though the court didn't decide the issue, we are on the winning side because this big obstacle has, taken, has been uh, taking, taken away. And uh, we are, um, uh, I think, going to see uh, more involvement. Because the other thing is people see how the work pays off. And, you know, in looking at Dobbs, you have to ask not only what did the decision say, but how did we get here? Well, we got here because people worked long and hard and and elected uh, and re-elected George W. Bush, for example, who gave us Justice Alito, who wrote the opinion. Of course, he gave us also Justice Roberts. and then people worked hard and and people were motivated. We worked hard in our organization for the election and re-election of George W. and we were, And we were making it clear that the Supreme Court was at stake, obviously, in the election of Donald J. Trump. So many people were saying, hey, this is exactly right. He is... Uh, going to shape the Supreme Court, one, two, maybe three uh, people uh, on the court. This this vote is not just going to affect the next four years. It's going to affect the next 40 years. And people voted with that in mind. And and the idea is that this pays off in the long run. And you may remember in October of 2016, President Trump was asked, are you going to appoint justices uh, uh, to who promised to reverse Roe v. Wade? And Trump said, they don't have to promise it. I'm going to appoint the kind of justices which uh, if they're on the court Roe v. Wade will automatically be reversed because they're going to be committed to the constitution and not to their personal ideology and what happened friends, what happened exactly what President Trump said, once again on this as on so many other things, we can say Trump was right alright, what other kind of questions have been coming back to us well what's your work going to be like now Well, listen, actually, the answer to that question is much of it is exactly the same. All the educational work we do on who is this baby in the womb, you see a little clip of a six-week baby at the beginning of these episodes? Amazing footage, right? Direct video images of the baby in the womb. Our educational work on who the baby is, our educational work on what abortion is, our, ex- our, our educational work on the after-effects of abortion on the mom and on the family, our work on pro-life voting, our work on lobbying, our work uh, uh, in, um, in, in serving women who are in need, all of this work remains the same. The difference is we get more bang for the buck. In other words, our arguments have more effect because now they're not blocked by this dogmatic assertion that, oh, well, it's a constitutional right. You know, And, and secondly, our, our, our all our work in elect, educating, persuading, electing, lobbying, and passing pro-life laws has more effect now because the courts aren't going to automatically strike those laws down. So a lot of the work, I would say the bulk of the work remains exactly the same in the pro-life movement and for all the various pro-life groups, except it has more effect. Now, will there be changes? Yes, of course. The kinds of laws we pass, well, now we can be more bold, actually, more bold in in uh, passing laws for how many babies we want to protect and, and all the, the work that has to be done. In uh, some states, work will shift because groups that uh, pray outside abortion facilities find now that... There are no more functioning more abortion facilities in their state, uh, so uh, they can, um, well, the work of the pregnancy centers will always continue, and the work can be carried out there, or they can help people in other states. We're going to have to be strategically uh, crossing state lines to help people in, in states that are more blue, of course, uh, the blue states being more pro-abortion, but essentially the nature of the work remains the same. It just has more of a good effect. Well, what about the worries that are expressed? This is another question of, you know, will they codify Roe? Will they do in the law what, they, what has been taken away uh, from them in the courts? So understand, the policy up until the Dobbs case, which was decided on June 24th, was that abortion was essentially allowed, as far as a federal level, allowed without limits. There was no federal limit on abortion. Some states had limits. Sometimes the federal uh, policy uh, took away even those limits. But essentially it was an open door to abortion on demand, right? But that was because of a court decision, not because of laws made through the people's duly elected representatives and voted on. Okay. So now the question is, well, what if they pass a law that essentially says, what Roe said and has unlimited abortion. Yeah, uh, sure, that's theoretically possible. But the good news is that despite the fact that the Democrats have been trying to do that for decades, they've never succeeded. Of course, you have to ask the question, why did they do it through the courts in the first place? The reason they did it through the courts in the first place was that they knew then what they still know now, that the American people have never supported unlimited abortion. Never. They tried to vote on this, I remember, during the Clinton years. It was called the Freedom of Choice Act, FOCA. Some of you who have been involved in the pro-life movement for decades might remember all the uh, postcards that we sent about the FOCA bill. Freedom of Choice Act. Unlimited abortion by law didn't pass because it didn't have enough support among the American people. And just now, now they call it the Women's Health Protection Act. See, they always talk about, eh, They don't use the words killing. They don't even use the word abortion. These Democrats are such hypocrites. They can't even talk about what it is that they, that they worship and obsess about. They tried, they tried in this Congress. They voted on it several times, now they passed in the House. First time it passed in the House. Why go, oh, because the Democrats are more disconnected. It's not because they're connected with the American people. It's not because their supporters want unlimited abortions, it's because they're disconnected and more radical than ever. So yeah, it passed in the House, but the way our government is structured, the wisdom God gave our founders, it's much harder to get things through the Senate, it requires a lot more consensus, Didn't work, didn't pass. It's not going to pass. It doesn't have the support back home. And these men and women in the Senate know it. Okay, so, plus, even if it did, they're not codifying Roe. You see how they play with the language because they think most of the American people support Roe v. Wade. Well, of course, if you don't know what Roe v. Wade says in the first place, a lot of people are going to say they support it when they really don't support what the policy actually is of unlimited abortion. But they're not codifying Roe. They're going way beyond it. Because remember, Roe permitted limits. Roe permitted the states to prohibit abortion in the final months. Roe said the right to abortion is not absolute. Not just up to the choice of the woman. They said it's a medical decision. These Democrats don't believe that. They do believe it's an absolute right. They don't want any limits, including on late-term abortion. And the kinds of laws they've passed in states like New York, New Jersey, uh, and uh, Colorado prove that. And the law that they're pushing in Congress proves that, too. They don't want any effective limits on abortion. So don't let them fool you at the oh, they're codifying row. They're doing no such thing. They're going way beyond it and and supporting a policy so extreme that the American people have never supported it. Now, sec- another question. What about another court reversing? Could it happen? I've been asked. Since Dobbs, could it happen that that in a few years they come back with a court case and they undo what they just did? Well, understand this, first of all. Now Dobbs is precedent. Now they're always talking about precedent. Oh, you should, the stare decisis, you should stick with the decisions that the court already made on a given issue there is we believe in stare decisis there is a value in stare decisis now there are cases where uh despite circumstances where despite stare decisis the court does have to reverse itself this was one of those instances like the court had to do on segregation and actually on a bunch of other things but now stare decisis works in favor of pro-life and in fact we see One of the good reasons for it, one of the good reasons for stare decisis, which is, again, stand by the decisions that have already been made on the same issue, is to prevent constant relitigation of the very same thing. You've got to have a stable development of jurisprudence. You've got to have some predictability and consistency in the courts. So now stare decisis works in favor of pro-life. If a case, not only that, but you have what's called vertical precedent that a lower federal court has to abide by what the higher uh, federal court said on the same issue. So if right now in a federal district court a case came into the court, basically saying, asserting, well, there is and should be a constitutional right to abortion. The judge is going to say on its face, he says, we're not even going to debate this because the Supreme Court just answered the very same question. And I'm a, I'm obliged now by Dobbs. Whether they agree with it or not is beside the point. I'm obliged now to apply Dobbs. They can criticize it if they want in the process of applying it, but they have to apply it. So vertical precedent works in our favor. Horizontal precedent works in our favor. And let me give you an example of what happened in the previous two abortion cases that the Supreme Court decided. The the court decided before Dobbs, two abortion cases, one in 2016, one in 2020, regarding laws that were almost identical, not quite. Uh, Coming first out of Texas and then out of Louisiana that required, for example, that the abortionists would have to have hospital admitting privileges in a nearby hospital. I think that's a very good idea. Consistency of care and so forth. Uh, But they didn't want this court in both cases struck down these laws because they didn't want a um, uh, they thought it was an undue burden. Uh, They didn't want these health regulations, safety regulations on abortion clinics now. Today, that would be different because now the court is saying we're going to give a presumption of validity to these state laws. But back then, under Roe and Casey, that's how they decide. But here's the point I want to make. Justice Roberts, the court was, was different because in the first case, Justice Kennedy was on the court. In the second case, Kavanaugh had replaced him. And people thought it might go the other way. But it didn't. Why? Because Justice Roberts, even though, he voted to uphold the Texas law in 2016, but was in the minority. In 2020, he voted against the Louisiana law because of precedent, just four years before, and even though he disagreed with it. But he held up to stare decisis and said, well, look, we can't have the court being flipping flopping every couple of years on the same issue. If this matter were somehow to get through the district court and the appellate court again soon, let's say there's another another change on the court, even Roberts, I'm convinced, would stick with the reversal of Roe v. Wade, even though he didn't vote to reverse it this time. He upheld the he upheld the, the Mississippi law. But because of his view of precedent and stare decisis, I think we would be safe and in good shape with that. Well, listen, I am um, just—Trump again in the campaign, Uh, Fredis, and uh, who's also saying it, Josephine, I agree with you. Hey, you heard me talk about uh, Dick Morris's book, right, The Return. I hope you all get that book, The Return. And uh, Dick Moore is talking about Trump's return in 2024. Yeah, he's going to be the nominee and yes he's going to win the re-election and yes we're going to have him again in the white house i'm just putting myself out there as soon as he announces i'm endorsing him and uh i know that uh i i i speak for just about all of you uh who are watching here tonight this is so great that you're with us i've got to actually go to another appointment uh here but uh let me see if it's a t- to look at one or more questions or comments coming in um i like what's that mirror mirror on the wall who's the best uh president of all donald trump thank you thank you kathleen for that memorable uh comment um god bless you all uh for uh for what's going on here uh with uh your comments, your prayers. Let's all pray for one another. Let's pray now again for America. Father, thank you for this great group of people gathered here. Lord, we're going to find out very soon how this amendment did in uh, Kansas. Please, Lord, bring us uh, victory there, but no matter what happens, bring victory, Lord, tonight to all the candidates, all the candidates President Trump endorsed, uh, all the candidates that will make America and keep America great, put America first. Lord, we know what we are after and uh, it it is some Something good uh, for us, for our children, for our future, for their education, for our border, for our security, for our standing in the world, for our military, for our economy, for our religious freedom, for the unborn. Lord, all these things that President Trump made unprecedented progress on, we thank you because we're going to defend that progress. We're going to heal this nation. We're going to take back the ground that the, that that the God hating, life hating, America hating, freedom hating Democrats have taken away from us. Lord, not the good the good people of uh, across our land who identify themselves as democrats but don't realize how far the party has gone though more and more of them are realizing it but lord we're talking about these radical leaders and, and the radical left that has hijacked that party lord god save us from their wicked doings and uh, and strengthen us now by this primary today and by the primaries that yet remain and then by the general election enable us to put a firewall enable us to put a blockade against the destructive work of these people bless us father as we pray now the words jesus taught us our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hey, friends, guess where I'm going tomorrow? I'm going to CPAC. CPAC Dallas. I bet some of you are going to be there. Let's be sure to connect with one another. Now, stay with Praying for America. Uh, tomorrow night and Thursday night, because we'll still be bringing you the program. But I will be there at CPAC, and I hope to greet many of you. And, of course, President Trump will be joining us and so many of the great people that he has uh, called upon over the years and have worked with him and in his administration. We're going to have a great few days out there in the great state of Texas. So uh, I will be there, and we'll also be having our program and uh, we'll also be having President Trump's rally on Friday night in Wisconsin. We want you to watch that. And a lot of great things are happening. So stick with us and uh, stay connected. Connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. Thank you for all you do for America. God bless you. We will talk to you soon.